You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to The Greatest Rivalry, India versus Pakistan, a podcast brought to you by Wisden. I'm Nikesh Rugani. And I'm Adif Nawaz. And what a journey this has been so far. We're taking you through the history of the biggest sporting rivalry in the world through the eyes of those that were there. We're also delighted to bring you this series in partnership with a great new gadget that's all set to revolutionise cricket. It's called BatSense. And it's basically a smart cricket batting sensor which you attach to your bat. It connects seamlessly with your smartphone and tells you exactly where you've been hitting each shot and tracks your technique, allowing you to know what you've done right and what you need to work on. Very useful for all those budding cricket cricketers out there it's got a six hour battery life and weighs just 25 grams so you shouldn't even notice the extra weight and you can get your yours now for a reduced price of 97 pounds plus postage just head to kpsmartsports.com to order your bat sense now yeah and cricket certainly has come a long way out if uh, no such technology in the 1950s 60s and 70s and those are the areas we've covered so far in this series if you've missed any of it you can listen back via the wisdom podcast feed available on every major podcast platform and it's well worth catching up as well because we've been hearing from legends like Farouk Engineer and Asif Iqbal and it's not just been educational but it's been fascinating as well just hearing some of those wonderful stories from all those years ago. It really has, but now it's time to head from the 1970s into the mid-1980s. And this has got to be considered as the golden period for both India and Pakistan. Firstly, just look at the players involved for both sides. Guys like Javed Miyadad, Kapil Dev, Imran Khan, were just they were just starting to make their mark. And legends like Zaheer Abbas and Sunil Gavaskar, Gundapa Vishwanath on their way out, but still doing the business. And there was the success that they both enjoyed. Yeah, and Pakistan, through that era as well, enjoyed so much success, uh, not only against India, but particularly overseas, which was a big thing for South Asian sides in those days, wasn't it? Even now, I suppose, uh, you know, there's not often you hear about South Asian sides winning regularly overseas. It's been one of the, uh, the toughest things to go to England, to go to Australia. But, you know, Pakistan, during that era, were very, very competitive and, you know, won test matches abroad in those tough foreign conditions as well. And India, on the other hand, you know, a little bit inconsistent in test cricket and bilateral series perhaps, but in world tournaments, they won the World Cup against all odds in 1983, beating that great West Indies side. Then in 1985, went to Australia and uh, won the World Championship of Cricket down there as well. So, uh, you know, as far as one-day cricket was concerned, a really golden period 
uh, for India as well. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be very exciting to look back on this period. Absolutely. And, you know, when you think about what Asif Iqbal said in our previous episodes, he talked about the, the home advantage being so poignant in the early days. You know, it was very difficult to go away from home uh, and win a trophy away or win a series away just because the umpires almost always favoured the home team. And you never really consider this as much in the modern day because we have neutral umpires. But at the time, you just didn't. And that's why it made it even more impressive when you were able to win a series away from home. And India, as you say, in 1983, very, very inspirational. I know there's a film coming out at some point about the whole uh, 1983 World Cup as well just because it was so um, out of the blue like nobody saw it coming the West Indies had won the World Cup in 75 and 79 they had this great team full of superstars and they were very much fancied to win again uh, India were never really kind of thought of as front runners and they came through and they went, won that trophy in spectacular fashion and again the World Championship of Cricket as well in 85 that was they're just two very memorable uh, wins and iconic wins and something that for which I'm sure the 80s side is remembered very fondly. In that kind of era started at the back end of the 70s uh, you'll remember if you heard the first couple of episodes uh, that India and Pakistan were at war a couple of times in 1965 and 1971 so between 61 and 78 the sides didn't play cricket at all against each other that all changed at the back end of the 70s with that 78-79 series and uh, we touched on it in the previous episode we saw reverse swing dominate in that one particularly the 78-79 series and it was mainly down to one man Pakistan's Sarfraz Nawaz who's credited with being the first master of reverse swing we caught up with him about his memories of that series and some of his later battles with India in the 1980s. So, Faraz, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much. So, Faraz, what are your first memories of playing cricket against India? Yeah, that was in 1978 when Indian uh, came to Pakistan. And uh, we played the first match, I think, at Lahore. And uh, the whole Lahoris were excited that Indians are coming after a long time. You know, it's about many, many years when Pakistan... Uh, Indian team came to Pakistan and uh, the full uh, stadium was full of crowd and excitement was there and uh, Vishen Singh Bedi, I think he was captain in 1978. Uh, they came to Lahore to play uh, test matches against Pakistan. And you know, you've, you've, you've been actually been a part of um, you know, the big wins for Pakistan. The first time that Pakistan won a series over England and of course, crucially to us, India, you were part of that. What did it mean to you personally as a player to win a series against India for the very first time? Yeah, that was in 1978 when uh, we won the match at Lahore. And I think from India, there were a lot of Indian crowd were in Lahore, especially your actor, actresses. They came to watch Manoj Kumar and other people to witness the match at Lahore. Because Lahore, all the Indian wanted to come in '78, and it was a big series. And I think when Pakistan at that time was a very strong team in, especially in fast bowling, and then also in batting. Where Indians, they have a, I would say at that time they were not as good as in bowling, especially fast bowling in their department. They had this spinner, Persana and Vishen Vedi, but the pitches were for the fast bowlers. And uh, like uh, I was there, then Imran was there, 
Sikandar Bakh was there. All these fast bowlers were with the Pakistan team who really won the match for Pakistan. And uh, also for the batting work, you, would, you could see Majid, Asif, Mushtaq, and then uh, Zaheer Abbas, Miyadad. They were very strong batting side as well. Especially in the first match, I remember Zaheer Abbas scoring 100 in each inning and uh, Pakistan won the match very easily. Yeah, it was quite some series for Pakistan. And of course, you mentioned there after such a long period of time, uh, 17 years, uh, India and Pakistan didn't play each other before that. And uh, for you in particular as well, uh, it was a pretty good series. I mean, the third test uh, springs to mind as probably the highlight for you. You took nine wickets in that third test match. Uh, would you say that 78-79, that was when you were at the peak of your career? You, one, one, I can say that as well, but because I first came in 69 when I played against England and then 10 years after this was my not really peak time, you can say. It was a declining time nearly, you know. Because you, you see the fast bowlers losing 10 years is a big, big thing, you know. And when I first came in 1969, then I went to Australia in 72, 73. That was my peak time, you know, from that time to 1980. And at that time, you know, then after 12 years, for a fast bowler to retain the same pace, same everything is not easy, you know. So I was on my decline, but still, because of this reverse swing, that was helping me keep going. And the batsmen at that time didn't know much about reverse swing. They could only play the conventional swing with the new ball, semi-new ball, but when the ball gets older, there was additional of swing to us with the R team and Indian. They didn't know about the reverse swing even. Just touching on 1979 then, after that uh, India tour to Pakistan in 78, uh, the Pakistan team then went to Australia and you had a particularly good uh, match at the MCG, didn't you? Just talk us through that wonderful match-winning spell, seven for one uh, to win the match there in that spell. Uh, innings figures of nine for 86, and you say you were coming towards the end of your career. It was in Melbourne in 79, and Imran and I, we were the only two bowlers, fast bowlers playing for Pakistan and bowling almost the whole day long. And uh, it was... Uh, Almost, I think, we, we looking at uh, tea time, the Pakistan might lose the match because they only required 70 or runs to win the match and they had eight wickets in hand after tea, I would say. But then I asked Mushtaq, the captain, I said, give me the ball, I will ball with my full run-up and we slow down the over rate. So last 15 overs, will be bold because that time it was eight balls over. So instead of 20, there were 15 overs to ball in the last hour and we slowed down our run over rate. So let's see what happened. So he gave me the ball, I started, and then I took a breakthrough. And then breakthrough was quite long breakthrough. And I took seven wickets for one run. 
you know, when we came off the field, there, there was a doom orphan, ABC, this with the TV. He told me that, do you know, Sef? I said, what? You took seven wickets from one run. I was looking at his face, what he's saying. He said, no, it's true. So I, I didn't know when I was bowling all the way through. Yeah, so I went out the field and then all that, I was seven for one. So I could think it was a, unbelievable for myself that I have performed such a big achievement. And I tell you, taking nine wickets in that inning, I was the first bowler in Australia, a fast bowler, who has taken nine wickets in, in an inning in Australia as a fast bowler. Who took the other one in that innings? Who took the 10th wicket? 10th was the run out. Run out? Oh, bad yeah. luck. That's terrible luck. <laughs> yellow, yellow was run out, the 10th one. Yeah. Oh, no. So, so Faraz, like, I mean, that was an incredible time. Like, you know, you've got 9 for 86. You've done it in Australia. You know, you're very decorated. You had a great series against India as well in 78, 79. But then you were dropped before the 79, 80 tour. Uh, inexplicably seemingly. Well, how did that feel at the time to not be able to go on this tour to India? You know, that what happened, that uh, there was uh, some politics, you know, this uh, six, seven players were against me, you know. There was a group of them, you know. So they said they don't want to take me on the tour because of, uh, because I used to bowl and then I never used to mix with them. I had other, my friends, you know, and they, I don't know, then they said, you know, the chairman selection committee was also anti me and they had a group, you know, they said that uh, Noor Khan was the chairman of Pakistan Cricket Board. So they all said, uh, not Noor Khan, I think General Azhar. So I was dropped and I was in England that time, uh, before that. So suddenly in daily tests, this Imran got injured and he was not bowling. Sikandar took eight wickets, I think, in one of the innings. And then in England drew the match, India. And then all the newspaper and the press and the media was starting saying, had Safraz on the tour, and then Pakistan could have won the daily test match, you know. Then General Jawaharlal came in action. He phoned me in London. He said, Sir, why don't you go and play in India? I said, Sir, I'm ready. They don't want me. So then, you know, I was given the ticket by the High Commission in London to go and play the next test match. Then before that, you know, these five or six players, they refused. They said, if Safraz comes, we leave the team. So that's why the manager of the cricket team he told the general other, the chairman cricket board, that this is the present situation. If he comes, five or six players wants to leave, and this will be a chaos, so it's best if he doesn't come. Then I couldn't go to India, and Pakistan came back with the losing in India, you know. Then this, the board was removed after that. The new board came. And in, so you, would, you wouldn't participate in that series. Pakistan did lose 2-0 uh, to India. But the next time they played, which was the 82-83 series, you did feature. 
And there was some incredible... Like, Pakistan did win that series in 82-83 as well. Um, uh, 3-0. It was one of the most dominant performances uh, from either team in the series. And in that first test match, you know, you took 4 for 63 against the visiting India team. That was at Lahore. And, you know, you're playing alongside some great players. You mentioned already Zahir Abbas. What was it like to play alongside a great player like that? Yeah, Zahir the great. Uh, you know, he scored, uh, I think, double century as well. And uh, he was in great form at that time, you know, and uh, he was scoring runs. Heaved away over mid-wicket. And that's a six. Zaheer cutting loose. Yeah, Imran Khan, obviously, uh, you know, one of the many greats that you mentioned uh, during that era as well. But uh, he, he was obviously just coming into the side at that time, as well as Javid Miandad. Uh, then you had the experience of Zaheer Abbas and, and the rest of the guys, like you mentioned. Uh, was that probably the best Pakistan side in terms of youth, experience, talent, that you've seen over the decades? Yeah, one of the best Pakistan betting and uh, all, all round, I would say, because uh, the fast bowling was there, betting was there, fielders were good. At that time, I think, you know, the Pakistan had this uh, main advantage of fast bowling. And with the Imran pace or uh, my control and reverse swing, India didn't know about this uh, reverse swing at all. Otherwise, they had a couple there at that time, and he was coming up, emerging. And he, but he didn't know about reverse swing, how to bowl, and uh, how to uh, make the ball to uh, how to reverse use the reverse swing. Otherwise, uh, India could have done better. But Indian, their pace was not there. Park Kapil, they they have Madan Lal, you know, medium, Amarnath, and all medium paces, you know. So. This was the main, I think, difference between India and Pakistan, apart from the batting. Indian batting was not too bad. And uh, I remember Ravi Shastri scoring 100 in Karachi. He, I think he was sent in number uh, open of, of number three, and uh, he scored 100. And uh, I, I mean, the Pakistan bowling was superior. That's where we had the advantage, and we won most of the matches. They were betting Indian and Pakistan, you can say, almost the same, you know, because Gwaskar was scoring a lot of runs, and then do you have Vishwanath and all other good batsmen. The, the, when Sarkar was there, and uh, all other batsmen, Chuhan was there. So they were not too bad, you, one can say. Uh, but bowling made all the difference. India not winning any match in Pakistan. The Pakistan team was too strong for India. And lately, now, if there's a comparison from those days, Indians are quite strong now to play against Pakistan because they have a good fast bowling, they have a good batting, and middle order, order batting is very good, especially their openers. They have a background of a 300 runs apiece in test cricket and in one day as well. So I would say now the Indian will have the, I think, more benefit. And in the last World Cup, they won the match against Pakistan in England. And they are quite strong now comparing to Pakistan at present. 
That was the great Sir Faraz Nawaz there. No relation, I have to admit. He was talking us through some of his memories. And he's right about one thing. Pakistan started to dominate India in the 1980s. They had a more balanced side, quite similar to what India have these days, just as he mentioned too. Yep, and he also touched on a few interesting things there, from reverse swing to the politics of selection. Let's talk about reverse swing in particular. Do you think it's fair to say that without Sir Faraz Nawaz, there would have perhaps been no Wakar and Wazim, uh, certainly as we know them, and uh, to a lesser extent, Imran Khan as well, purely in terms of their ability to reverse swing. Absolutely. And you can go further than that. Would there be a Darren Goff? Yep. You know, uh, would there be a James Anderson? All these players that we see in the modern era who uh, you know, made so, did so well out of reverse swing, they kind of owe that debt of gratitude to Sir Faraz Nawaz for kind of popularizing popularizing its use, demonstrating uh, best practice with reverse swing, how to take advantage of uh, you know, a scuffed up a cricket ball. This was something that just hadn't been done before, certainly not on uh, on the greater stage. So, you know, Sir Faraz Nawaz, that contribution is huge. And I'm sure even Wasim, Wakar in the modern era, but bowlers like Amir and Abbas and all these fantastic, this lineage of uh, incredible fast bowlers that Pakistan has, they owe a huge debt of gratitude to Sir Faraz Nawaz for being the very first proponent of that technique. And it's amazing how Safraz mentioned that it kind of prolonged his career, really, because he started in the late 60s and 69, making his debut for Pakistan. And he mentioned that, you know, nine, ten years as a fast bowler, bowling at the pace that he did, certainly early on in his career, it takes a toll on the body and particularly the kind of action that he had. You know, we talked about the 78-79 series, uh, you know, him taking, uh, I think, nine wickets in one of those games and I asked him whether or not that was the sort of peak of his career. And he said, no, 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 I was on the decline. But the thing that kept me going was the reverse swing. And that's what he credited with uh, getting that famous uh, nine for down in Australia at the MCG as well to win that match uh, against uh, a very strong Aussie side at the time. It was just the reverse swing. He was bowling no faster than sort of medium fast, uh, sort of, you know, low 80 miles an hour kind of bracket. But that reverse swing is really what bamboozled all the batsmen of that time who just hadn't seen anything like it. Yeah, absolutely. Just wonderful memories of these great fast bowlers who are able to use this technique to keep that pendulum back in favour of the bowlers. We talk about it being a batsman's game today, but bowlers at least have this one tool to count on, and they still do, in fact, have this tool to count on, even when that ball gets old, to to, to, to retain some kind of dominance over the batsman and over that middle order. And one of the great players that Sir Faraz uh, Nawaz talked about playing alongside was, of course, the incredible Zahir Abbas. He was an absolute run machine during his time. So much so that he was nicknamed the Asian Bradman. And he loves that nickname. We caught up with him about his memories of playing uh, India in the 1980s after he dominated them in the 1970s. But we started by asking him how he got that nickname. My nickname, uh, Asian Bradman, uh, was given uh, in London, uh, in, in England, while I was playing uh, uh, against uh, Worcestershire. Pakistan team went there in 1971. So in the first match, I scored 111. And uh, after scoring 111, I saw the paper next day, The Times, in which uh, they have given me, meet the Asian breadman from, from Pakistan. So that name was given one of the top writer of uh, Times, uh, in 1971. Of course, the first time you came up against India was in the late 70s and you immediately had success against them and that continued 
through to the 80s, didn't it? The first match of the 82-83 series in Lahore springs to mind immediately. Not only did you score that double century, but it was your 100th first-class century, and it was no surprise you were named man of the match. What are your memories of that match? Well, I scored double hundred uh, at Lahore. That was my 100-100. Obviously, um, it's a big milestone for any batsman to score 100-100s. Um, and that was not just 100-200 in that match. So I think I'm the, I'm the first one who scored double 100 in, on, uh, on the occasion of 100-100s. Uh, so that was my 100 centuries also. And uh, as you know that being a cricketer, if you scored 100-100s in first-class cricket, uh, plus test cricket, obviously it's a very big thing and I was the happiest day, happiest uh, man on that day and I called all the Indian team to come and attend the party and they all came uh, to the party and uh, we really enjoyed uh, that evening when I scored 200 and, uh, 200 and 100, 100 first class century. So that was my memorable day and that's what I, I waited for many, many years to complete my uh, hundred hundreds. In the second match of the series in Karachi, you scored 186. And that is punched past extra cover. Is it going to cross the line? Four runs. That's his hundred. Well played, Zahir Abbas. One hundred not out. First hundred at the National Stadium, Karachi. And probably would have been man of the match in an innings win for Pakistan had it not been for like Imran Khan's incredible performance, recording figures of eight for 60. What was it like to play alongside Imran? What are your memories of playing with uh, Imran Khan? Yes, I scored uh, 186 uh, at Karachi uh, when the team was in trouble. And I scored 186. Uh, that was again a, a good knock against uh, uh, India. Uh, no doubt, uh, Indian spinners, as you know, that they they are the they are the best in the world, and they were the best in the world when I was playing against them. And Imran took eight for sixty. No doubt, uh, that was his uh, very good performance. Uh, the ball was seeming all over, and he controlled the ball very well, and he bowled well. And eight for sixty is a very, very, very good performance. And uh, taking those eight for sixty against India. Uh, Indian batsmen, they didn't know how to play and uh, that's how uh, we won that test match. But obviously that was all teamwork uh, of Pakistan cricket team. Uh, that's how we used to play those days and uh, we used to win the matches. In the third test in Faisalabad, Pakistan won again by 10 wickets. Remarkably, you scored another 100, uh, 168 this time, and you were again beaten to the Man of the Match award by Imran Khan. But it was such a dominant win. How did you feel as you'd previously been a part of Pakistan's 2-0 loss in the previous series to have such a big win? Look, it's very simple. When you're performing well, if you score 168 or a baller takes uh, eight wickets for something. The main thing is your own performance. If I performed very well and the match of the man of the match was given to some uh, any other bowler or a batsman, doesn't make any difference to anyone because uh, at least he is happy to score uh, a, a hundred or a big hundred. The point is uh, the team has to win. And, and the performance of uh, uh, Imran and myself and other boys, 
they have done really very well to win this test match. So, it doesn't make any difference. Whoever gets the, uh, uh, gets the man of the match, man of the match, nobody remembers. The only thing they remember is how much you scored in that test match. In that match, Sunil Gavaskar also got 100. What are your memories of playing with him? I tell you, Sunil Gavaskar, Sunil Gavaskar was a great player. He's a legend. And I used to watch him, how he plays, and mainly how he used to face uh, uh, fast bowlers with the new ball. So I've learned quite a lot uh, uh, by seeing his uh, technique to play against the fast bowlers. And sometimes uh, I've adopted it also. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. I respect him. We respect each other. And we talk highly about each other. And the fourth test of this series featured multiple milestones. You passed 4,000 runs in test cricket. And uh, a young man named Javed Miyadad scored 280. What are your memories of playing with Javed Miyadad? No doubt uh, Javed is a very, very good player. Uh, well, I know that I passed 4,000 runs and uh, a new uh, new batsman came into Pakistan uh, side and, uh, and that was at that time Javed Miyadad and he, he scored 280. But I tell you what, uh, he's a great fighter and he's a very good batsman. Uh, I played with him for many, many years and uh, uh, we scored a lot of runs uh, uh, while we were batting together. Uh, so, very nice to see Javed Biyandad scoring 280. And uh, nowadays, uh, Javed uh, has become Maulana. <laughs> and he's enjoying his life. If you see him, you won't recognize that he's the same Javed Biyandad. Uh, when he used to play cricket. Yes, indeed. Javid Miandad, certainly one of the great characters of the game. Now, just back to that 82-83 series. Kapil Dev took a brilliant 8 for 85 in the drawn fifth test. Just how good was he? Kapil is a buddy and he's a great friend of mine. Kapil is a... Uh, don't doubt everybody has seen him. He's one of the best all-rounder uh, world has ever produced. Uh, and uh, of course, 8 for 85, it's a very good performance by Eddie, any bowler. He, um, what I've seen in him, and the way he used to bring the ball in, into the batsman and out to the batsman, you have to watch him uh, very closely, uh, how he's uh, going to bowl at you. And uh, if you can uh, see what he's going to do the next ball, then he he again is uh, not that easy to uh, to bat on, but I must say that uh, whenever I played uh, um, against Kapil, I I always uh, uh, I was very careful and uh, uh, very careful and uh, mainly he used to bowl me from middle and leg stump, and that's how he used to get me out from the uh, from leg. Uh, uh, glancing uh, towards the leg side. But I must say, he is a great, great, great man and he is a great fighter. Plus, uh, he is the one who won and the first World Cup for, for India. Absolutely, a massive moment for India. And this series, as well as the ODIs, which Pakistan won, happened just before 
that World Cup. And even after that, you continue to do so well against India, both personally and as a team, right up until you retired after that 84-85 tour. How did it feel to be so dominant over India during that era? Uh, defeating India, uh, well, for us, for cricketers, it used to be, I mean, uh, uh, the, the main thing was their own performance. And But the thing is, when India and Pakistan are playing, uh, the people, they get more excited uh, and uh, they enjoy more than the players. But for players, uh, it was... The main thing was to show your performance and how you're going to perform against India. So we have done so and uh, uh, that's what uh, India players, Indian players, they have also enjoyed uh, performing against us. And I tell you what, if we keep on playing, our players will improve more and uh, uh, that the people will come across uh, to see the test matches and ODIs and uh, T20s. Uh, that will be a great fun. That is good for, for, for cricket, that we both should be playing, both countries should be playing with each other. Zahir Abbas there, and uh, the word legend is often overused, isn't it, Atif? But uh, in his case, it's fully deserved. And what a great batsman he was. What a brilliant ambassador of the game as well. And again, he talked about those great relationships he had with Indian players. And there's a theme developing here, isn't there? Basically, off the field, there is no rivalry. Absolutely, and this is what you would expect. They played each other so often, I mean, almost every year in that period of time. So they would see each other very often and they would know each other and their families and, you know, wives and kids and uncles and aunts. And, you know, there was a real sense of hospitality of like, oh, thank you so much for looking after us while we're in India. We're going to look after you when you're in Pakistan and vice versa. It was just lovely. It was a different era where, you know, players could openly be be friendly and, you know, share these lifelong bonds. You know, every time we connect with them on on our show, they're just so they're so happy to hear from each other. It's lovely to see that, you know, these relationships have stood the test of time. Yeah, and for those listening, you'll obviously, you know, hear all these interviews uh, and hear about all those great matches and and the great things that have happened over the years, the great individual moments, the hundreds, the fifers. What you don't hear is that every time we do try and record these interviews, we have to sit back, Atif and I, for about 10 minutes while the two players, uh, usually an Indian and a Pakistani on the line at the same time, greet each other, have a little catch-up and uh, ask about each other's families. It's it's wonderful to hear and it really was a different era, as you say. They played each other so often that they became friends and a lot of them played together in county cricket, against each other in county cricket. They were away together almost uh, in a foreign country, so it kind of brought them together in that way as well. It was just uh, a different era, a wonderful thing to see and and for us to hear about uh, right now. And Zahir Abbas, of course, uh, one of the great gentlemen of the game, so a great pleasure having him here with us on this podcast. Now, we mentioned that India had their greatest moment in their cricketing history in 1983. Certainly up to that point, they beat the great West Indies side against all odds to win their first World Cup. India can do it. Skipper Kapil Dev and the Indian cricket team proved it by claiming the Prudential World Cup staged in England against odds of 50 to 1. But after that, there was a slight transitional phase with some of their players, especially behind the stumps. The great Syed Girmani came to the end of his career and a young Kiran Moray first took the gloves in 1984. He wouldn't play Pakistan for another couple of years, but he was always aware of just how big these matches and series between the countries were. We've been getting his thoughts on the greatest rivalry. Mr Kiran Moray, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. 
It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Kieran, tell us, uh, what are your first memories of playing against Pakistan? See, India-Pakistan is always a great uh, rivalry, you know, and uh, it's always to build up nicely by the media, the people, you know, and uh, it's like a local derby, you know, like when you're the biggest rivalry, like, and this is a country-wise, so it's, it's huge, you know. So the pressure is immense, you know, and playing against Pakistan is every Pakistani cricketer's dream, uh, uh, every Indian cricketer's dream, or any Pakistani cricketer's dream to play against India. So I think it's, it's uh, when you do well, then you become a hero also quickly. But growing up uh, as a young cricketer in India, you would have seen some of the great battles from the late 70s onwards. And there was a lot of cricket from 78 right through to the end of the 80s played between India and Pakistan. Uh, are there any sort of great players from both sides that you particularly looked up to when you were trying to first make it into that Indian side? Yeah, of course, you know, like uh, especially Zaid Abbas, you know, Mushtaq Mahmud. Uh, Sadiq Mohammed, all these cricketers and Javed, Imran, Safraz, you know, uh, we heard all these names, you know, and uh, we used to listen uh, on commentary, you know, basically, and uh, we used to get read in newspaper at, uh, the, you know, the scores and everything. We used to follow all the time. And as a cricketer, uh, you follow keenly who has done well, you know, and uh, from the both sides, you know, we had Vishen Singh Bedi and uh, Mohinder Ramanath, Kawaskar, all those guys, you know, the legend cricketers who played against Pakistan. So definitely both teams had uh, top cricketers and uh, and the best part was that they were the best friends of the field as well. And that's the key, isn't it? That's what a lot of people say when you speak to former players from both sides that uh, you know there was great camaraderie between the players we've seen it so much over the years as well players socializing together and uh, you know they've got a lot more in common uh, than they have with uh, players from around uh, the rest of the world but it seems to be something that the media just loves to hype up this this battle between India and Pakistan uh, you know whenever they play in a World Cup match for example last year at Old Trafford you know over a billion people watching on TV there were there were TV news channels around the world in in random countries which don't even follow cricket just talking about how big this event is why do you think this matters more than anything else despite you know politics aside just from a, a pure sporting point of view why do you think this matters to people so much? When you look at as a cricketer, as a, as a cricket, as a sport, it is brilliant, you know, because it's massive, you know. Like when you look at the development of cricket, it has not been great, you know, over the period. You know, like look at the other sports, football or any other any other leagues, you know, they are very popular in the world. When this India-Pakistan rivalry is huge, you know, that's why I think I, I as a cricketer. Uh, I feel that the cricket is spreading everywhere. People are following cricket. You know, there are new people who are trying to follow the India-Pakistan. You know, but I think it's 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 been built up nicely. You know, the media. There are positive points and there are negative points as well. But uh, I take it very positively that uh, uh, that uh, when we play India-Pakistan, when you look at on field, I think uh, there are no issues. You know, they really play in the best of their spirit. You know, as a, as a players, and when you look at last, you know, like. Uh, so many years, and when I also played, we always had some some issues on the field. But off the field, we we are one of the best friends, you know. So I think that's that's the beauty of this game, you know. Like okay, you you play very tough and hard uh, on the field, but off the field, uh, when it comes to the friendship, uh, it's great. Still, I'm in touch with a lot of cricketers from Pakistan. And we keep in touch regularly. And Kieran, like let's let's talk about those early days. You know, when you just before you kind of made your test debut, and you were the sort of understudy for Sayed Girmani, 
you know, you got to kind of, you know, the first time you got to go to Pakistan in those early days, what was that first trip like? The first time you went over to Pakistan and experienced that match for the very first time, the crowd, the atmosphere, that pressure. Definitely, I was looking forward to go to Pakistan because you heard so much stories about Pakistan and uh, we, and it was part of India as well. So I think when you think about it, you want to go and see a lot of things there. You want to meet people as well. I made some good friends, uh, but on cricket field, we were very, very competitive. And crowd, uh, definitely inside the stadium, they were very hostile. But when we met a lot of people outside the stadium, wherever we go for shopping or we go into parties, uh, people really looked after us, you know. They really cared for us. And uh, even I went to have a dinner in some restaurant. They never took any money from me. So that was the beauty of Pakistan. It was, the crowd was definitely hostile. We were uh, consigned to a lot of security. Uh, 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 they were always around us, you know, in the hotel also. Every food which came into our room was checked by the security guard. So those are necessary steps were taken by Pakistani board uh, because uh, there were some issues were there. But definitely the, it was one of the tough tools. Uh, you learn a lot. You playing against the best team. Like I was, first team was there, Imran Khan, Javed, you know. Salim Malik, uh, Abdul Qadir, the top cricket uh, cricket players of the world, uh, of Pakistan team. But that, that was a great experience for me. Still, I will, I have a lot of memories of Pakistan. Uh, still, I share. Uh, I made I made some good friends also on that tour in Pakistan. So, uh, it's a, still, I would love to go back to Pakistan. Former Indian wicketkeeper Kiran Morey there, and he'll be back with us next week where he talks about some more memorable games between the sides in the late 1980s. And as well as him, we'll be joined by Pakistan's very own toe crusher legend, Mr. Wakar Yunus, who talks us uh, through making his debut in 1989 opposite a certain Mr. Sachin Tendulkar. This is where we get really, really excited, isn't it, Adif? Uh, the, the sort of late 80s into the 90s, the kind of era where we grew up and, and saw so many of these legends in action as well and uh, yeah it'd be a great pleasure to hear from uh, Wakar Yunis as well as once again from Giran Moray so do join us again next time and follow us on social media at Atif Nawaz at Nikesh Raghani as well as the Wisden Cricket and Wisden India Twitter feeds remember the next episode of the regular Wisden Cricket Weekly podcast drops soon and we'll see you next week Podcast Network.